0: Welcome to the Holistic Accountant Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to demonstrate how valuable tax and business advice is when we take a holistic approach. That is, all tax and business advice that your accountant gives you must be aimed at helping you achieve your business and lifestyle goals. It's not just about saving tax. And in this episode, Mina and I would like to talk about how to scale your business effectively. Welcome, Mina. Hi, Stuart. So, what is scalability? Well, perhaps... Uh, how to scale a business or explaining scalability uh, is best done using an example. And let's use tech companies as an example. If I'm a tech company, in fact, a a software company, um, I go out and build a whole bunch of software. And that's a a very time consuming and expensive process. I get that. Uh, But when I sell that software to whether I sell it to one person or 100 people or 100 million people, apart from the support side of the business um, there is no incremental cost you know so each person I sell to um, is very very profitable and particularly once I've covered the capital cost of deriving that software or generating that software then every subsequent sale Uh, gives me a a strong profitability margin. And so if I'm a good software company and I can develop some software for a few million dollars uh, and sell it to a hundred million people for a hundred dollars each, you know, I'm miles in front and that's a very scalable business. Uh, Another really good example, in fact, continuing with the tech company example, if we take the, you know, three big tech companies, Apple, Facebook, Google, uh, and let's throw in Amazon there. I know you could call them a retail business, but really it's a technological platform. And if we have a look at how their sales have changed over the last 15 years, it really demonstrates the power of scalability. So 15 years ago, the combined sales of those four uh, US companies was about $42 billion. 10 years ago, it was $218 billion. So five years ago, it was $472 billion. And this year, their total sales will exceed around $1.2 trillion. So so we can see, they've more than doubled every five years over the last 15 years. That is massive scale because I can guarantee that their costs haven't uh, risen by as much. So why is this important? Why is scalability important to think about as business owners? Well, really, that's where we're going to achieve the best results. If we can figure out a way to scale our business, um, then that has massive impact on profitability. Uh, And whilst uh, we're we're not all in business necessarily solely with the aim of maximizing profitability, of course, uh, it's a necessary consequence to establish a sustainable business.
1: Let me jump in here so and give a few examples of how you can scale a business for both products and re- all and retail businesses and also service-based businesses. When you have a well-known brand, you have a high demand whilst benefiting from a low customer acquisition cost. For a product-type based business, scale is achieved when there's a huge brand awareness and it has wide appeal. So it has a, dovo- a diverse product offering. Everyone knows who Amazon is, how to find them and what they sell. As such, the cost to acquire a customer is low, almost free, and it generates massive demand. Whereas for retail, small sorry, whereas for small retail stores, the cost is high because they spend money on marketing, they pay for bricks and mortar, uh, you know, in the form of rent, have high wi- uh, have high wage costs, and so forth. For a service-based business, the key is to turn your service into a product. You need to systemize and automate your processes as much as possible. For example, you can. Ca- you can create three product levels and, and pricing points such as good, better and best. Your good and better services would be highly systemized whereas your best would be more labor intensive and hence you can charge a higher price for it. This allows you to market your services online with an attractive price point. For example, most personal trainers and dietitians frequently have small business op- operations but when you look at Michelle Bridges or Noom, they were able to achieve significant scale. They, they They are a great example of productization. User-created content and incentives to shares is another example. Facebook is an example of this. They have a lot of content online, but they create none of it. Their users did. And if if you are the only person in your group or friends that is on Facebook, its value is greatly reduced. The social media platform works best when all your friends are on them.
0: Yes, so the in- incentive to share built into the product work is, I think, the genius in uh, Facebook, and as. Is- driven its massive growth. Uh, So they're really good examples, Mina, but I guess the thing that we would typically invite clients to do is really consider whether their business is scalable or not, because the reality is that not all businesses lend themselves to scalability, and that's fine. You don't have to necessarily be running a business that's incredibly scalable. It really depends on what your goals are and, and why you're in business. If I take financial advice as a really good example, one that's obviously very close to my heart, Mina, uh, it's not a scalable business and the reason why financial advice is not a scalable business is because really, really good quality financial advice is tailored to the individual circumstances of the client Um, and what, what you really need then is someone that's very knowledgeable and very experienced to deliver that advice. And whilst knowledge is scalable, experience isn't. You know, I've spent 20 years developing my experience over my own personal experiences through investing and so forth, mistakes that I've made, lessons I've learned along the way, but then also dealing with literally thousands of clients over the last couple of decades, uh, observing their past decisions and the outcomes they've produced uh, and then also being involved in advising clients and directing them and working out, you know, because it's not just the the quantitative concerns. uh, We're all humans. There's the personalities involved as well and so you've got to work out what's really going to work in this situation, what is really the best approach Uh, and that requires the sharing of experience. Um, Now, if I could upload all my experiences in a central location and download it all into our team members, uh, then then experience becomes scalable. But we're not robots, uh, so that's not going to happen. Uh, when I think about how you can scale a financial advice firm, uh, what you can do is you can systemate, systemize or template advice. Uh, and you kind of turn it into a bit of a product, uh, and that and that's fine. Well, that's fine for some people. That's not really the work that I'm interested in doing. Uh, and I think it greatly reduces the value of advice because what you're doing is you're making it very generalist rather than um, tailored or specific to that individual. Uh, so for those people that are in a business and when they sit back and really think about what what am I doing here? Why do I come to work? And what what are the what's the sort of work that I want to do? If they start to lean or, or discover uh, that it's not a scalable business, that's not a big deal. Uh, what I would invite those people to do: there's a fantastic blog, and Mina knows that I'm a big fan of Seth Godin, uh, who is a, a blogger from the US, uh, and he's written a blog, and we'll include this in the in the show notes on this podcast. But he's written a, a blog called "The Smallest Viable Audience." Um, and he's, he invites people to think about what's the minimum number of people you need to influence to make your effort worthwhile in order to generate a uh, fair compensation uh, for your work. And then what you do is go about Um, Finding those people and targeting those people and orientating your business uh, towards those people and he talks about uh, instead of finding um, customers for your products, find products for your customers. So build a following, uh, build a a loyal client base and then really help them with what they want to need, what they need at that particular time. Uh, Kevin Kelly, uh, again, will include uh, the link in the show notes uh, for this blog as well, but he wrote a blog back in 2008, a long time ago, but it's called A Thousand True Fans, and his thesis behind the blog was that you only really need a thousand true fans, a thousand people that really love what you do. Uh, for most people in order to build a sustainable business. So instead of going for scale, the alternative is if you don't have a scalable business, um, then build a strong following with the smallest number of people that you need in order to
1: build a a viable business. I'm going to sound like a typical accountant here too, Stuart, but you've got to understand your numbers. Sometimes that involves building out a financial model to help you develop a business model and a growth plan. I know in uh, last episode we spoke about business plans and how important they were. But it's important to also separate your fixed variable and semi-variable costs and understand their relationship with revenue. You can use this model to determine what factors you need to focus on to achieve the most scale. It could be for example reducing overheads or reducing the cost to produce or just increasing volume which, or, or sales really. You might have to restructure your business to achieve better scale. So that could involve for example franchising your business or entering into a uh, joint venture joint venture or partnership where the capital requirements or human resources are shared. For example, we had a client recently that delivered the the his l the industry that he was involved in the cost of it was you know, very expensive to deliver advice. So he needed to realign his business to achieve economies of, of scale. He did this particularly by putting on a lot of uh, daily blogs and webinars and so forth to, to streamline his business and to get much more of a following a follower base and he almost turned it into a media business with the, the amount of leads that he, that he used to generate. Finally, you can restructure your service provider or employee remuneration. Sometimes to create more fixed costs, you need to cap the expenses at a certain level. Or alternatively, you can convert them to uh, variable expenses and and have your employee costs correlated to your KPIs.
0: So it's really about what you're saying, mean is understanding the numbers and then re- really building a business strategy or, or business um, structure in order to achieve the most amount of scale. I think that's what... You know that, that's a key role there for your holistic accountant to really help you understand those numbers because we, we appreciate that you know some clients uh, very much understand their industry, love their product or service that they're delivering, um, but might not necessarily have a, a natural ta- talent for understanding the numbers, and that's really uh, what your holistic accountant should be helping you with because that's what's going to determine your business model. Uh, and as I said, whether it's a, a highly scalable model, which is w- which would be a uh, create some great financial opportunities, or with that if it's not not so scalable like financial advice, that's fine too. But it's then about you know finding what's going to work. So at the end of the day, that you're fairly rewarded and you have a sustainable business. But there's other things, men, that to to think about. You know when when we're um, coming up with a plan to help clients scale a business. Uh, the first one is uh, business structure. To you know to really. If we're going to scale a business, grow it, um, are there d- different business structures we need to consider? So um, if it requires a lot of capital expenditure, such as plant and equipment, um, maybe we want to put that in a, in a separate entity. Um, if we need to take on business partners to expand, uh, you know, to, to inject more capital, uh, then we want to unitized uh, ownership structure that uh, maybe uh, helps us minimise capital gains tax down the track. Um, if we've got a business that is going to license out intellectual property, so that's a that that would be every franchise business probably, uh, but also a, a lot of other businesses. Then maybe we have an intellectual property holding company to sort of protect uh, that asset from insolvency. Um, to make it a little bit easier to sell the business down the track uh, or more attractive to sell the business down the track uh, and then flexibility around licensing fees. Uh, but it's important for your holistic accountant to really understand what your business model looks like uh, and then they can make sure that um, that whatever is going to transpire in the future, if you, if you hit your goals, um, that your
1: structures are going to accommodate that. And it's important to consider growth financing when structuring a business. So you need to ask yourself whether scaling your business will require funding. Um, if it does, your structure needs to accommodate accommodate that. Sorry. So in episode 4 of the podcast series, we spoke about financing growth and we discussed the ways of self-funding business growth. If you do need external funding, this can be raised via debt or equity or a combination. This might have an impact on your structure. So to minimise... To minimise risk, if using debt funding, we would recommend se- uh, segregating assets in your business structure, like Stuart mentioned, or, accommodating, or or to accommodate raising of equity in a flexible and cost-effective manner.
0: So let's wrap this up, Mina. There's really two points that we want to leave people with. The first one is it's important to consider scale. Um, some businesses don't lend themselves to scale. Others uh, do to a tremendous extent Uh, and if you can find a way to scale your business it really is the easiest way uh, to maximise profit. Uh, The second uh, point we'd like to leave you with is your holistic accountant should play a really important role here helping you understand the cost structure of the business and the revenue structure of the business and helping you come up with a business model uh, that's going to help you achieve scale as soon as possible and allow you to focus on what are the key financial elements that you need to optimize as well as then making sure the back end works so making sure we've got the right um, business structures to minimize risk and give us uh, flexibility down the track. So in our next episode, Mina, in fact, our last episode of this series, uh, which is a very sad, uh, <laughs> sad thing to consider, uh, we're going to talk about how to get your business ready for exit. Uh, so that is uh, get it ready for sale, uh, which is uh, something that's important to think about, even if you have no plans on uh, selling it. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Of course, this is the seventh episode of the first series. And if you like this podcast, please do leave a a review or rating, Uh, hopefully both, wherever you consume your podcasts. And uh, please share it with any friends, family or colleagues that you think uh, might get value out of it as well. Uh, Of course, if there's enough interest in this first series, Mina and I uh, promise to record a second one. Thanks a lot, Mina. Thanks, Stuart.